Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark, where coffee is not merely a drink, it is a way of life. Duh. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. How are you doing today, Leslie? Not bad. It's a beautiful day out there. No rain, no clouds, just sunshine. You can tell it's finally spring. Like we say, it was sunshine, but we are not outside, and we do not have the windows open. Well, I can see the shadows that the <laughs> we sun can, causes. We can see the silhouette of nature from the inside of the, the office that we are currently <laughs> sitting in. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah, like going to work. <laughs> yes. There's sunlight. Oh. <laughs> it's it's close. I think this is a tree that I'm looking at the oh, silhouette yeah. for. So that's nature. Down there's a fence. So mm. I mean, that's... no, we don't care about the fence. <laughs> but uh, no, good doing good. How about you? I'm doing very well. It's a three day weekend. A glorious, glorious three day weekend. I know we're kind of preempting this. So right now it's March thirty thirtieth. At when we're recording this, so by the time it is probably be about uh, mid-April. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just gonna join this three-day weekend now. Yes, there shall be lots of gaming, drinking, and revelry to be had. Chris agrees with me. <laughs> I know. At least as far as the gaming aspect of it. I know he finally beat this big boss, so hopefully he'll calm big down boss. now. <laughs> what game is he playing? You know the name. It's a uh, Sekiro. I think. Right. Shadows die twice. That's what it's called. It's, yeah, it's, it looks really cool, but it looks like it would just it would cause like a blood vessel to burst in my my brain. Well, it's funny because we went for a walk. We walked the dog this morning, and we walked for about four miles. Part of it, I was like, "Man, you're grumpy." He's like, "Oh, I'm not grumpy." And then like we got went out for lunch, and we got back, and you know, you saw him. He was playing that game, and. I, I think, like, us clapping when he finally beat it, like... I think it actually made him feel good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I he's feel... like... He's... <laughs> I, I he's like a breath, minute. He's, like, breathing hard. Like, he just, like... Like, he just won a boxing match or something. It was awesome. I know. I think... And he's but, like... I think that walk this morning kind of cleared his head so he could beat the boss. Sometimes you have to take a step back from the boss fight. Yeah. To, to beat the boss fight. I know. He was doing it for the last couple of days, so... Gaming can be a cruel mistress sometimes. Mm-hmm. 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 I, well, I went first last week, so I think it's your turn this week. Right back to carrying you as always, I see. Mm-hmm. 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 Just kidding. All right, so where are you taking me tonight? Today we are taking to taking you to what used to be Centralia, Pennsylvania. Love this story. Love it. So, as you may glean from the title, the town is Centralia which is located in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was once famous for large coal deposits and mining businesses. That was what it was big on. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. That will play an important role later on in the story. What did it mine? Coal. That's what I just said. <laughs> no, you didn't. You said it was big I said on mining. Fi- once famous for large coal deposits and mining business. What do you think they were mining if I said large coal deposits? You sip your coffee. I will sip my coffee and try to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Now, this, the, now Centralia, Pennsylvania is a ghost town with less than 10 residents that refuse to leave and a nasty little fire that has been burning for more than 50 years. It's so crazy. Like, seriously, if you think about, like, anything over 50 years, it, I mean, there's people who are alive who remembers when that started. That just, it, it creeps me out. So it good. It is creepy, yes. Uh, after the construction of a railroad, large coal deposits again became uh, a big asset and a livelihood opportunity. Um, in 1856, 
the first two mines opened, uh, more and more people settled in the area. Roads and taverns were built. Uh, the railroad transported coal from the valley. Uh, the city, which at the time was called Bullshead, developed rather quickly and reached a maximum population of <laughs> 2,761 in the year 1890. So quaint. It's so like a little quaint. hamlet. So cozy. It's a cozy mystery we are giving you this week. That's right. Just salt of the earth, cozy, eternally burning town. <laughs> Historical events uh, such as World War One and the Wall Street market crash in 1929 affected, obviously, the coal production and mines uh, slowly uh, reduced production or closed down altogether. Coal. <laughs> like, I wonder if people nowadays can even remember what a lump of coal looks like. You know what's funny is my grandmother and my grandfather were uh, married in England. And I don't know why, but when they were married... She was given a lump of coal, and I just remember it was the only thing, because my grandmother was so sweet, and anything we wanted, like, she would spoil me and my brother, and I remember that was the only thing that I remember I found at one time, and it was this piece of coal, and I just liked to look at it, and I'm like, can I have this? And it was the only thing my grandmother kind of slapped my hand and be like, no, that's mine. <laughs> like, And then she told me, she's like, I was given to this when I married your grandfather. You're a strange child. I, I, I don't know. I wanted coal. <laughs> But just that's mis- the only mis- time I've ever, like, seen a lump of coal. I've never seen a lump of coal in my life. Probably never will now. <laughs> but bootleggers still yeah. enter the mines uh, after they were closed using techniques that were not altogether safe. I mean, honestly, that's what bootleggers used were mines and secret entrances. And I don't know how many ghost stories I've heard where it's like, this used to be a speakeasy and has a secret entrance. It's like, and then somebody died back Right. The city council uh, made efforts to seal the mines to, and also to gain sole rights to the um, anthracite coal beneath the burrow. Apparently that's the type of coal we're working with is anthracite. Okay, which, for those who don't know, is a very slow-burning coal. Again, oh. fun fact for later. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, let's keep <clears throat> that in mind. I see where this is going. And a landfill close to the abandoned mine pit was, quote-unquote, cleaned regularly by setting it on fire and leaving it to burn for some time. Because, you know, I mean, what's the best way to get rid of garbage? Just set it on fire, right? I guess that's what they used to do. Like, But that's one thing when there's, like, used to be bags and old clothes and people stuff used... that were actually, like, not plastic. I don't know, people used to, like, think that putting leeches on people would get rid of illnesses, too. So you And know. demons. And demons, yes. What's that they... They're having a seizure. Better call the exorcist. They must have a demon in them. Yep. Get, get, call, call the leeches. Yep. The exorcist with holy leeches. Oh, now I'm just seeing these like leeches like with little top hats coming in and be like, hello. Hello, my lady. Hello, my, <laughs> my ragtime girl. <laughs> All right. So basically, I see where this is going. You do? Okay. So, <laughs> however... Tragically, on May 27th of 1962, which actually, when you think about it, it wasn't that far back. No, um, 57 years. Eh, okay, I was close. Yeah, close to 57 years. It'll be 57 in May. Uh, so the fire was not, uh, well, on May 27th, 1962, the fire was not fully extinguished, and an unsealed crack in the ground allowed the fire to enter the labyrinth of abandoned coal veins beneath Centralia. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. 
more like a wah, wah, wah. Due to the scale of the coal veins and the conditions, again, as we as I mentioned earlier, that's anthracite coal burns extremely slowly. And there was a lot of it. And all the failed attempts to put it out because, you know, reasons. Yep. Because people realized the fire would burn for a very, very long time. There was $40 million spent by the government to try to combat this nasty little problem they had. No methods worked, despite the dangerous gases, harmful carbon monoxide fumes, and cracked holes throughout the city. People stubbornly continued to live there because, again, reasons. Well, I I mean, I can understand why people were like, hey, I was born here, this is where I want to live. But it's this kind is of where like, I want to die of horrible carbon monoxide poisoning. But yeah, there's a, there's a there's point a break, of there's being a break, there's a breaking point. Yeah, there's a point of being too stubborn. It was like like the, the the under the ground underneath you is on fire. I'd be like, uh, I, I I I could move a couple of towns over, you know, it's no big deal. Come visit. Come visit every once in a while. See the smoldering ruins of my town. Only after the ground nearly swallowed a young boy in a tra- in a horrible incident, I'm assuming it was probably some sinkhole of some sort, the area was finally declared municipalis non grata, which means get the hell out of this town. It's all burning and falling apart in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> the houses were slowly abandoned, demolished, or burned because, you know, what, what, what combats fire best? Fire. Fire. And the citizens were relocated. Compared to the statistics from 1890, what was it, 2,000? Somewhat. Almost 3,000. Uh, only seven people resided in the year 2015. That's uh, crazy to think people still live there. Those are some stubborn bastards, I'll give them that much. <laughs> the, the area was even stripped of its zip code. No school or road remains in service. Actually, and I've read that... They, oh, There are no roads that lead into this town anymore. They've shut everything down. You can only get there on foot, and it's at your own risk. Roads? Where we're going? We don't don't need need roads, roads. because they're all on fire. Well, in the pictures we were looking at, like, the roads are all cracked and stuff. Like, you can't can't drive down there. The whole ground underneath has got to be compromised, too. Like, it's all just been burned and weakened and charred up, and... You probably would could step on any random spot and the whole thing would just cave in. Oh, man. The fire ex- even extended to the nearby town of Burnsville, and as of 1996, that was also abandoned. So, oh, so, so thanks thank you, a lot. Thanks, yeah. Centralia. You, you've, you screwed us again, <laughs> says the people in Burnsville. Well, really, their names was, their names was Burnsville? Burnsville. <laughs> but a bum Holy cow, he can't even write this stuff. No, you couldn't make that up. The subterranean fire is still burning today and has been determined that it will probably last for at least another 250 years. Oh my gosh. And those seven people still... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) They'll be dead. (laughs) You know what's creepy about that is, and um, I don't think you mentioned it, was I heard about that because... Of the game. Is it a game? Yes, a fun fact also that this town is what was the inspiration for the Silent Hill uh, movie slash game. I'm not so I'm not sure if it was it was if it was the inspiration for the game, but I know that the movie 
that they did had something very similar where like there was a there were huge underground fires and ash was always falling in the from the sky and stuff like that from everything that was being spewed out so you're welcome everybody there's the there's if you ever wanted to know what the inspiration for the silent hill movie was there you have it and it's honestly it's one of those um things that if you told me the story and said this is where this idea came from it's like there's no way that that was probably like what in 1800s or something you know, it's, and it's 1962 like, no, no 1962 and it's still burning to this day oh, damn hippies it's just light our landfills on fire <laughs> oh it's so crazy you know what though i love that story just for the fact that also it inspired Maybe. silent hill yeah because i've never seen silent hill but i've seen the trailers where it's all smoky and ash and mm. it's hard to get through yeah they, they, they come into the town they originally think it, it's like snowing or something and then they're yeah. like oh this is all ash it's and then when you see the real pictures of the place, um, you see the cracks and the smoke coming up from the cracks, and you think, is this from the movie, or is this real? <laughs> and and I actually, when I was looking for both, I was like, okay, that is real, that's fake, but it's just funny how much they I, really... I want to imagine that there's like some kind of like race of, or like a sub-race of people who stayed there for a long time and eventually adapted to the burning stuff and are some creepy subterranean burning people that live underground now. So, Centralia, everybody. Yay! Very good. I love that story. Well, I'm going to take you... I keep wanting to say Funky Town. To Funky Town! Alright, tonight, I am going to talk to you about the ghosts of Notre Dame University. The bells, bells, bells. Oh, sorry. Copyright infringement with Disney. I can't say nothing. Well, yeah, not Disney. <laughs> not, not Disney. I don't want to mess with them. Yeah. I'm just going to get a knock on the door. Mickey's going to be there like, hey, I heard that you were trying to sing. Like, hey, ho, oh. <laughs> ho. Lawsuit. Lawsuit, ho. Oh. <laughs> Doing really good, Mickey. Thank you. Okay, so the University of Notre Dame is a private Catholic research university in Nover, I'm sorry, in Notre Dame, Indiana, by South Bend. That's right. We say Notre Dame, not Notre Dame, because, you know, we're not savages. Well, I know. I think people say Notre Dame, but I think it's supposed to be pronounced Notre Dame. It is, because it's French. But yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> it's a pet peeve of mine. All right. The school was founded on November 26, 1842, by Edward Sorin, who was its first president. In popular culture, the university is the fictional background for President Bartlett and Danny Concanon from the show West Wing, as they're both graduates from the in the show from Notre Dame. In Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Pitt's character majored in art history at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Some true stories is that Daniel Rudiger harbored dreams to play for the Notre Dame football team, having realized his dream when he became a part of the Fighting Irish, as depicted in the 1993 movie Rudy. I love that movie. It's the one where everybody ends up crying by the end of it or something. Most likely. It's the one with Sean Astin, and he oh, plays the yeah. football player, yeah, and John right. Favreau's in there. Like, who's the wild man? You are. Yeah. yeah. I told that to Chris, and he's like, John Favreau was in that movie? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Happy Hogan? That's Happy Hogan. Oh, my God. Watch some Marvel movies, please. I will. Please. I'm going to tell Chris. Like, okay. While we may know them as the Fighting Irish, they used to be called, unofficially, the Rovers or the Ramblers. This era was when the team was coached by Connick Rockney. In the winter of 1920, a Notre Dame football player, George Gipp, 
was locked out of his dorm hall when he couldn't get in and he didn't want to bother the brother who was ahead of that hall. He went to Washington Hall, which is still there today, because he knew the back door was usually unlocked. Finding it locked and not wanting to bother anyone, he just settled down on the steps and waited until morning. Because of this, he contracted ammonia. And it should also be noted, though, that he could have contracted ammonia on November 20th when he was given punting lessons after what turned out to be his final game against Northwestern. So, ammonia or pneumonia? Pneumonia? What did I say? You said ammonia. I meant pneumonia. He was was giving ammonia. You didn't know that? He was giving a cleaning product? Yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Tight, 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 tight. Okay, what happened, though, was the legend is he got pneumonia by sleeping outdoors, but it's also said that he wasn't feeling good before this, during this game. Mm -hmm. And then, basically, all of it kind of was on top of each other. And he also had strep throat. So, strep throat, pneumonia. Okay, so during his illness, when when he couldn't play, he was told that he was elected Notre Dame's first All-American by Walter Camp. His stats um, include career mark 2,341 rushing yards. That was not broken until 1978. He threw 1,789 yards, scored 21 career touchdowns, averaged 38 yards a punt, and he had a return 22 yards per kick return. So basically he did everything. Like he punted, he threw, he ran, and... He was just a very, he's basically a legend in Notre Dame still to this day. Now, he kept fighting the illness off, but after his fourth relapse and recovering from pneumonia, the infection in his throat um, actually got worse. So the pneumonia, they got the pneumonia out, but the strep throat basically is what really weakened him. And then legend has it that his coach, Rockney, was there next to George's deathbed when George told him, I've got to go, Rock. It's all right. I'm not afraid. Sometime, Rock, when the team is up against it, when things are wrong and the brakes are beating the boys, ask them to go in there with all they've got and win one, just one, for the Gipper. I don't know where I'll be then, Rock, but I'll know about it and I'll be happy. Which some of you may recognize from the Ronald Reagan, I didn't write down the year, movie, Reagan played George the Gipper, Gip, and that's why Reagan is known as the Gipper. Win one for the Gipper. Yeah, win, or as I like to uh, remember Leslie Nielsen in Airplane, <laughs> win one for the Zipper. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Gorbachev, tear down these walls. <laughs> Reagan smash. <laughs> Simpsons? Uh, I think, yeah, I think that one's still Simpsons. Is he a Simpsons or Family Guy? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Gibb died on December 14th, 1920. Rock kept his promise and delivered the win one for the Gipper line to rally the team to a 12-6 upset against the previously undefeated Army in 1928. So he kind of waited eight years before he told everyone the story. <laughs> I was like, your, your friend's dead, but this was these were his dying words, so go out there and win for... But none of you really played with him, because yeah, so, that was eight years ago. Yeah, was, most of the other ones graduated already and or, you know, just living their lives. Yeah, and it should be noted, because I, I found an article, it should be noted that in the New York Times December 15th article entitled, Gip Loses Long Fight, 
that is reported that only his mother, brother, sister were with him in his final hours. So it's not really... So he didn't really have any friends to speak of. Well, no, I'm sure it... But how I kept reading online about this story is that it was the coach with him for in the last hours because he's basically... In, it did report in the article in the newspaper that he was in good spirits and he was coherent, but he was very, very weak. So it's kind of kind of implied that's when the coach went to go speak with him and he gave him that, that speech. Because so, some people think that it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. So that's where that legend comes from. Oh, they say, was he sitting there writing it down while he was telling him? It's like, hold on, I got it. This sounds like gold. This is awesome, dude. Like, you should have been a writer. Like, this could be probably a movie at I'm, some point. I'm pretty sure this could get someone elected president. I don't know, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. But, um... <laughs> but, so, it's funny, because when I was telling Chris about... Because I was doing, um... I was trying to find a college uh, ghost story. And so, of course, I found this story. And when I was asking Chris about, oh, do you know where the term when one for the Gipper comes from. And he's like, oh, it's Reagan because he was in that movie. I'm like, yeah, but the movie was based on a real story. Do you know who the real story is or who the person is? And he's like, no. And I'm like, eh, I think people should know. So there's the story. It's, it's Notre Dame. People need to know the truth. Meh. It's good to remember. So reports have this famous football player. So this is Washington Hall. So on Notre Dame, there's different halls and it's actually really haunted in different places. But... Washington Hall is reported to be, I guess, one of the more haunted because a lot of activity, including this famous football player, is seen by students, sometimes sitting on the steps late at night, so where he basically spent his last night on campus. And sometimes students will feel a nice tap on the back, like a that a, that a way, buddy, kind yeah, of tap. Boy. Yeah, that a boy. That a way, buddy. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, huh? it doesn't. Add a boy. There you go. Uh, other reports have the students see him sitting on the front steps, like I said. And then other ghosts of Washington Hall are a steeple jack that was plummeted to his death in 1886. Reports of hearing footsteps are attributed to him on the roof. In 1919, a student professor residing in Washington Hall became ill and died. Some reports that he still plays his trumpet for the students as he did when he was alive. It should be noted that Washington Hall is now, um, houses a theater, so it has an auditorium. So one of the reports is, there's a couple reports. There's one that they hear music from the hall, and when they go investigate, there's no one there. And then there's um, reports that they just hear one long note, like from a trumpet, and they attribute it to this ghost. And then there's reports that in the 70s, um, a guy, alumni said, oh, that was probably me because I used to practice um, out my dorm room and stuff. And people are like, yeah, okay. That's, that, this was happening in the 20s, so I don't, I don't know. Like, so there's some people who are like, no, that, that's, you could totally attribute it to this person. So that one is taken with a grain of salt. In 1946, brother Cantu Larder died and the janitors to this day tell of a bold and redhead man with a thick Irish brogue asking to open a window he's looking out of. So janitors will come up and see this man and he asks them Could you open the window for me dad? Basically and the janitors well I guess one janitor said I don't know if I can and then he responds responds back, Oh I'm part of, I'm I'm okay to be here. So 
creepy. Uh, let's see. I have some other stuff written. Okay, so reports of flying off, um, things flying off the shelves. I already mentioned the music coming from the empty music hall. Footsteps with no one there. Slamming of doors. Being touched, shoved, and having marks left on their bodies by invisible forces are also reported within this hall. So some ghosts are not entirely happy. No. But it's funny because there's a lot of reports on campus, but this seems to be the one where it's really concentrated. So that's interesting to me. Okay, so there's other halls. Um, Columbia Hall has a warrior ghost on horseback from the Native American Patawatrami tribe. I apologize if I said that wrong. Um, And they're seen riding up and down the steps. And the legend has it for them. They're looking for their ancient burial ground. Because you can't have a ghost story. Without an ancient burial ground. Right? Even the president, Edward Soren, is seen walking through the campus. He was actually, I'm sorry, I think I forgot to mention this. He, he was known as Reverend Edward uh, Soren. And he's seen as an elderly priest with a long white beard. And he's seen in the main building and the south dining hall. No. You think that, like... A reverend of all people would have crossed over to the other side by now. Well, he was the one who had the idea for the the college. He he put all his energy in it. He was the first president. So the whole thinking is that he's there overseeing it. But he's people think that he's in the South Dining Hall, but that Dining Hall, they think, no, that can't be him because they think he wouldn't really know that place because it wasn't built. Uh, let me see it. The South Diner Hall has an unknown ghost thought to be Soren, but the red brick building was not built until 24 years after Soren's death. Well, maybe so. he's taking a look and say, hey, what's, what's all this crappy people been putting in here? <laughs> well, this ghost is, uh, workers hear claps, like hand claps. Like, how cre- I just think of that, what's that movie Conjuring, where she, she's sitting there? Oh, yeah, stop that. <laughs> right? So they hear claps. They are moans, and there's reports of floating spirits and flashing light. And why do ghosts moan? The next one, and the final one I have, is my favorite uh, story. Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. St. Liam's Hall is now the student health center. People see nuns making their rounds, being kind, helping students, only to have the nuns disappear without a trace. Reports of 911 calls come from the building, but no one is in the building when the calls are investigated by campus security and the police. These calls sometimes happen during winter break when no one is on the campus and it's closed. So I I don't know what it is, but the whole idea of 911 calls and going to report it, I'm not report it, sorry, to investigate it and finding that no one's there and there's no way that calls can be made and it's everything's locked. They can't even get in. It just always creeps me out. I wonder if the, the 911 dispatcher is like, all like, where's this call coming from? Oh, okay. Yeah, never, never mind that one. We, <laughs> we, we get that all the time. I love listening to the podcast with stories. I know like my favorite murder had a couple and I know, uh, I want to say um, Scary-ish or, or Monsters Among Us. One of the scary podcasts I listen to. They asked for, like, first responder stories, and I love it when there is a good first responder story where they used to, they go to this house, and it was a domestic disturbance, or something was happening, and then 
someone dies in the house or they finally arrest the guy and then two months later they get another 911 call from the neighbors saying hey they're they're yelling at the house and they go and it's completely boarded up and they go in and I love those types of stories because it just I wish that I had like a book of those stories you know what I mean like hey any publisher out there that's what you should be kind of like finding like these first responder stories they're so interesting and a lot of times like I don't think they have people to talk to no, they don't want people to think they're nuts. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like... We don't judge, though. Oh, no, no. I love stories like that because it's one of those things where you, you're you working late at night. You're working swing shift. And the same with nurses and doctors and the stories from, like, the um, hospitals. You're working these weird hours. You're going to see some strange yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's quiet. There's no one around. It's like the whole world is asleep and all this stuff is going off. It's, it's so, I don't know, I love those stories. But that that's why I've saved that one for last. Nice. <laughs> but that's it. Those are the ghosts of Notre Dame. The ghosts, ghosts, ghosts. I actually gave you a twofer because I told you about a legend of a football player and then um, all the ghosts. Ah, I see what you did there. Yep. Unless we have anything else we want to share. I just realized that we didn't pick out who we wanted to shout out to this week. Let's go, let's go international this International? Time. Okay, you know what? Let's go with Lincolnshire. All right. Lincolnshire, England. Shout out to Lincolnshire, England. Thank you for listening. But uh, thank you for listening, Lincolnshire. And, and I hope you continue. Of, and the rest of the country and the world at large because we're that big. Actually, it's so exciting when I see like countries like pop up. I forgot what was the last one I saw that was new. But I keep doing a little dance. And then Chris is like... She does. She's not exaggerating. Yeah, I do a little dance. And then Chris will see me too. And he's like, did you get a new country listening to you? I'm like, yes. It's a big deal. And we really appreciate everybody's support and listening and downloading our program. Sharing it, rating, reviewing. I hope you guys continue. When we started, we didn't think we would have even gotten as far as we have so far. So. And the numbers. I mean, the numbers, I know they don't matter because we're having fun. We're doing this because we love it. And honestly, though, sometimes when I look at the numbers and I just see how many downloads we have and how many people are responding and add us to Instagram, I get excited. Also, let's give a let's give a shout out to all of our people who are following us on the Instagram. You know, our fellow ghost hunters and oh, creepy, yes. creepy story aficionados. Oh yes, all the podcasters. Weird on the rocks. I love her. Her voice is so smooth, and she her concept for her podcast is she has a drink um i think it's usually an alcoholic drink and she tells you what she's drinking and how it's made and then she tells you a weird story and she's actually on i just uh, listened to her first part of the zodiac which um because she watched the The zodiac killer yeah and because she watched the zodiac movie i forgot who is it david fincher isn't that like 12 monkeys no 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 no. there's a movie called zodiac as uh jake gyllenhaal in it and um, Robert Downey Jr. And I want to say, I think, it's, is it David Fincher who did Fight Club? I don't remember. Uh, okay, I just I feel like I'm getting his first name wrong. But Edward Norton? No, 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 no. He, he dre- oh my God, okay, you're going to make me do this. Cause just look it up. Uh, you're going to make me. While she's looking that up, I'll also give a shout out to Franco TV. Oh, TV Adventures, yeah. TV Adventures. He did a live one. That was good. That was awesome. I, I've only seen a couple so far from it, but Leslie's showed me uh, showed me those two and it was really good so it was very well done and uh 
Thank you for following us, Franco TV Adventures. Weird on the rock, so yeah, it is David Fincher. Ah. She, there's basically a joke, and now I can't remember. Hold on. Anyway, if you watch the movie Zodiac, Jake Gyllenhaal's character Robert Gray Smith drinks this drink, and I want to say it was a Blue Daniel, but I feel like that's the wrong name. But it's this bright neon blue drink, and Robert Downey Jr. kind of makes fun of him, but then he drinks it too, and there's a scene where there's empty. Um, Blue Danus all around, mm. but basically he drinks all these drinks. She drinks that drink, and she tells you how she made it. So basically, if you want a fun podcast where she talks about weird things, I've only listened to two of her podcasts so far, but I really can't wait for her next part of the Zodiac because it's a three-parter. Mm. But uh, if you enjoy that, stories like this where someone's just telling you a story, I would check her out. I really enjoy it. We recommend it. And then also I wanted to shout out to, we had a story a couple weeks ago. I did the Martha Chapel Cemetery and I had the Google. The week that we uploaded it, the same day, another YouTuber, I think they are, Paranormal Investigators, um, uploaded a video about it. And they contacted me and they said, oh, we just did this. And I was so excited. I haven't looked at the video yet. I promise I will. But I wanted to shout out to them because they were so nice because... Uh, and they recreated the Google photo of the little girl what have another girl and in the background you can see that the same leaf that was supposedly in this other picture that people said oh it's a it's a dark shaped ghost is actually no it's a leaf it's still there no. <laughs> so nice. so let me see what their name is real fast their name the ghost is successfully debunked right called Lucas Paranormal. Yeah, I think that's what their I think that's what their handle is on Instagram, and uh, I haven't checked out the video yet, Lucas Paranormal. But I am super excited that you reached out to me and and us and let us know that you did that because I had noticed on their like they popped up on my feed, and I noticed that they did it and I was like, oh, like, 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 because we just did that like story. everything. Well, it's funny how sometimes I want to I would want to do a story and I start writing it out, and sometimes we'll backlog stories. And all of a sudden, I'll hear like three podcasts do the same story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do the same story that everyone is doing. But then if I do a story and like someone who's in a different medium, like a video medium is doing the story, I think it's awesome because I could tell people, hey, go check this out. Yeah, that'd be like if like if one of them went and did one for like Centralia or something like that, like visited Centralia. We, oh. don't, we don't recommend it because it's probably not healthy, but I know, you know. I don't even know if there's videos out there, so. Well, they got they had people like doing tours in Chernobyl, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, not Chernobyl, but the city adjacent to. Well, Chernobyl. I know, I know. Like Josh Gates did the investigation in Chernobyl. Mm. That was creepy. If you ever want to watch Destination Truth, that one was a good episode. There was that movie. Was it Chernobyl Diaries? Yeah, it's not that good. It's okay. It's okay. It's creepy. It's creepy. I admit, it's creepy. Storyline wise, was kind of meh, but. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. But um, that's it. That uh, sorry it. we wanted to shout out to everyone. Again, love you guys. Thanks for listening. And have a good week. Keep enjoy on drinking the, your coffee. Anybody who gets a three-day weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your three-day weekend. Hey, good night. And good night.